Okay, three, two, one, and we're back. Flapjack and the boys here. Spin FM it up. 69.3. Yeah. The rock. Come on through. The cock. <laughs> 69.3, the cock. Your laugh always time. makes me happy, by the way. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's piercing. <laughs> it's like my skull is ripping asunder. It always makes me smile. That's good. Light shining out. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I'm alone and I will laugh out loud at things, and I'm like, "How the fuck do I have any friends?" <laughs> I literally want a charity, like text message sound of you just laughing, and it just. <sighs> oh, there it is. Hey, mom. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right. So we we uh <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if that sound doesn't warm your heart, you're dead inside. Uh we take it over to um we see the tent flap close and some hushed like words come from inside the tent. And we're now we're actually watching outside of the tent. Uh, our our camera's positioned kind of on Orzok's shoulder so that he's in frame and we see his head. And then in the background, we see uh, Harbeck on his knees praying with the lit candle. Um, take in, it away, boys. In Harbeck's mind, he begins to meditate. And in the same position that he's in, it flashes in his mind from we see Harbeck sitting outside the tent to Harbeck kneeling in front of the knight. And he's back in the battle with the dragon. And he's in that moment, and that moment that he's in is the moment that he's always in. It's that center which he finds his most peace. So the Azak here flashes in his mind, and then getting struck by the knight flashes in his mind, and the brass dragon crashing into the canyon flashes in his mind, and he lets those thoughts come, and he lets those thoughts go, and again he finds that same peace. We, we see all of that in like these very stark and i think you know if we're watching this as if it were a movie and as yeah. if it was done in this realistic style i think we see all of those things happen in this kind of very vivid almost like watercolor painting yeah. images of stark colors and yeah. contrast the images come in like clouds and every time an image flashes a thunder strikes yeah <laughs> <That's cool. sighs> rad um and then, so so we see that, and the camera shifts focus again, and we we get a hard close up on Orzok's face, um, brows brow furrowed, displaying a look of serious contemplative thought. Yeah, it's <clears throat> uh, also a large sense of worry. Like this is a, a troubling thing for even a person who understands the culture and believes in these things to go through, let alone somebody spur of the moment tossed into this event but as he's standing there you know time's passing and you just from inside the tent we just start hearing like groans and like sounds like un unnatural sounds mm -hmm. and you know his guards are like standing next to him and one flinches and he kind of puts his hand on his chest and as he settles, he puts his hand down. He's staring there, and he's just looking like a, almost like a laser focus on the on the crease of the tent flap. Like the moment it moves, he'll assess that situation and determine if he needs to act. But what's going on is like they're hearing like 
voices and sounds from things that are not in that tent. Mm -hmm. Like there's a connection beyond this plane that's happening. Totally. And potentially maybe the speaker is keeping them at bay. We don't know. We don't, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thing that somebody, when they do it, it's private to them. Mm -hmm. So nobody's in there judging, but it's like all these sounds. And, and since there's never been a northerner that's done it, and especially one that Warzak himself is personally concerned about, especially at this moment, mm -hmm. no one knows what the, what the outcome is going to be. So every time there's like a, almost like dual voices, like, like these weird, like sounds. It's like, in river. it's like, try to imagine, like if you were standing on the outside of the door in the exorcist. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Rather yes. than being, you're just trying to understand what the hell's going on. Cause you have no, context. there's nothing like breaking yeah. and it's not like violent, but it's like these sounds. And so these guards are like, their nerve is breaking and he just keeps like, he'll look at them. And as they stare at him, he like literally like alpha males them into like willpower of, I'm here and I'm with, or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what mm -hmm. we're doing mm -hmm. for the entirety of the event. And we, we, as the event grows in intensity and it moves and shifts, we, so we all, hopefully everyone listening, uh, heard part two before this, uh, because otherwise this won't make any sense. <laughs> um, but the, the tent begins to flap and move as if there's like air running through the inside of it. And there's a pressure that you feel the same kind of pressure you feel in your ears when you increase in altitude. Um, everyone's ears start, start to like feel like they need to pop. Hmm. And um, you've, your hearts and souls fill with these, um, these intense emotions um, are being collectively shared in this weird, weird, weird experience. Um, and in the, these emotions carry over and we as the audience and you all literally in the tent begin experiencing these same emotions together and we witness these emotions change as these as we know the conversation that happened inside this tent um this roller coaster of emotion this this trepidation this surprise doubt concern fear and Ornella, describe to us the final emotion that everyone feels right before you come hurtling back into reality. Weightlessness. I don't know if that's a feeling, but it's like all of the rain clouds and all of the bad things are beginning to part. And you can like feel the warmth of the sunshine on your skin again and your eyes are a little bit brighter and it doesn't hurt and it doesn't feel it, it, it it's not like ugh, like I can breathe again it's mm -hmm. just like this incredible lightness and this brightness and like okayness yeah so all at once everyone begins uh the, everyone is exchanging glances like the scouts are all exchanging glances like what what is this a few of them have like tears in their eyes and suddenly all at once this pressure just boop goes away and we hear Dave Rico oh my god <laughs> just start projectile holy vomiting shit. in the holy <laughs> shit just start projectile vomiting inside the tent so when you were saying when you were saying that I 
and I'm, this is not to diminish the coolness of it. I just had that feel. I the scene in Big Trouble in Little China where they're all in the elevator and they're like, I feel like I could take on the world. And you know, they're all doing the hand symbol to each other. I kind of it's like I feel like the guards are all like kind of looking at each other. Like, right. I'm yeah. so down with that. Yeah. I'm so okay with that. The the last thing that flashes through Harbeck's mind is Gary, and then his candle blows out, and he's uh, alert. And then the tent flap opens and the speaker comes out and he's smiling. And you see a little tear comes down from his face. They're okay. And it, it felt like to you all, only like maybe 30 seconds to a minute passed, but it felt, I mean, just a oh, okay. whole spectrum of emotion and feelings happened in that time. You all experienced like, you know, maybe an hour or more mm-hmm. um, and come to, the speaker comes to you, Orzak. Scale Father, it is done. Under your guidance and leadership, this has never been done before. I believe they are okay. You may speak to them. And he parts away from the tent flap and leaves the, the door open. Scouts all exchange glances to each other and then to you. As you were. <clears throat> they nod their heads and kind of back up and disperse. Harbeck puts his things away, puts his hair up and I open right the, behind him. I, I know, I open the tent flap and I look at you and I... And we go in. And you just see Davery like um, hunched over. He's like, he's got a, a wood little like water pail oh. <laughs> up by his head. And he's like kind of hunched over on one of the pillows. You're remarkably okay. I've got a, my a hand on Davery's back. Just little scritches yeah. on his back. Little scritches, yeah. Um, Harbeck goes up to the speaker and says, are there normally, um, you know, vomiting after effects with these things? Depends on the constitution of the one in question. And then he looks at Davery, not to pass judgment, of course. Right. <laughs> well, I will, I will leave you to take your time. No one will bother you here. And the speaker closes the flap behind him, and it's you four now inside the tent. Plus Davery's barf. So five. Four and a half. Four and a half. <laughs> Three men and a little lady. Um, so I'll, uh, I just kind of stand there quietly. Um, I'm not going to ask or anything. I'm just going to wait. We felt your heart. Did you? I trust things went well. She's proud of me. I think we all felt that. We have a lot of work to do, boys. After you. I look right at you and I just kind of smile. I believe we have a fire to attend. Oh, yes. Uh, The... The scene, uh, there's a, uh, a, a dissolve fade, and the boys are back in town by Thin Lizzy starts playing. Fuck yeah. We get this cool montage of the rest of the day. People are just like putting stuff together, like packing things up, preparing for the last night in camp. I feel like what. Like these guards, as they leave, they kind of go and almost disperse this joy <laughs> or this feeling to people. Not physically, but it's like right. No, I. They you know they're like as they're doing their work. It, it's like you can see, inf- it's like an infection of of positive vibes that is starting to spread. People are working a little bit better. Yeah, it's just a thing happening because it's not like they are passing on this 
virus of joy. It's no. literally like when you're it's around like someone yes. who is at peace with themselves yes. and joyful, that feeling. Like one might, one person may be like, I can't believe we have to leave our ancestral home for the, and he puts his hand and he just says a couple of things and mm -hmm. it's like it just spreads in, in, a, in, a normal, in a natural fashion. So, uh, should we FF to the fire? Yeah, totally FF. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's dick is so hard. You never know. <laughs> hey, can, can I get some rolled gold? Rolled gold? Hell yeah, bro. So, um, before the fire, uh, uh, before the evening's roll, fire, roll, roll, the, the Tosric, uh, the Tosric man that you've been speaking to approaches you, Orzok. So we're going to do this in, a, in an actual, like, culturally correct way where basically I'm sitting in whatever the chair that I would have and it, the pre-fire preparations are going. This is probably my first of these and mm -hmm. my last of these, potentially. So I'm going to enjoy this damn thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching them prepare the, you know, maybe they're <laughs> even doing like food in a way like the way the Hawaiians would where it's been... Um, you know they've heated the coals in the ground and they've put sure. the, they've put the, some sort of a lizard or something in there with the leaves on top that's getting done. Um, it's like this big communal feast, right? Yes, because yeah. it's like this is the last time we'll have this uh, potentially. So we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it big. We're gonna uh, blow this mother out. <laughs> and um, so, but if they're presenting gifts to us, mm -hmm. I, I want it to be like an official thing where the the. The clan watches and yep. stuff. So it's, I want this. So he's riding literally the, riding the tide of, of purposefulness that we have. He literally approaches you then and and asks you for permission during the night of the fire to present gifts. Absolutely. So we. Uh, I can't. I can't stand it gifts anymore. Gifts are cool. I'm too excited. <laughs> <laughs> gifts are cool. Uh, gifts are cool. We. Uh, so, so we'll just get to the fire then. Like it's it's sundown, and um, when does the cel? Is there like a specific moment when what begins the celebrating? I guess. So every we have we being nomadic, we will the tribe will move where the it follows the food, it does these things. But there are specific places where we make our large camps, mm -hmm. and they're all in relation to the sun as it travels through the spines, and so there's a moment where when the sun crests or, or, or drops below the, the the lowest spine that marks that when it's officially we officially becomes night or or twilight that in between realm between the light and the dark and that's where we celebrate because we want to enter the dark yeah in peace that's fucking rad i so hard just wing it <laughs> back uh great so the the Tosric person who you've been dealing with comes to you and addresses the gathered audience and we see this uh, I mean this is sort of a metaphor for the alliance that's been created right all of these people and groups that have um, over the course of this whole game have are now presented in this firelight and in front of the fire in front of these groups of people are Harbeck and Ornella and then we see you sitting in your chair uh, the uh, the Tosric man he uh, wars of the Tashar our people live in part to your timely intervention and the brave sacrifice the ancient one Azakir we commit to scale father Orzak 
the Night Chief, fastest scouts in the Kalak. They will aid you in the coming battle. Look to Gasik Mubaran. He will lead them with you. We have taken all of the Pharaoh we could gather and fashioned you weapons and armor that may be used in the coming battle for our world. Lady Ornella, I will present your gifts first. Yo. Holy shit. <laughs> So there's really cool images on a com on yeah Paul's on a computer, computer screen. screen. Yeah. So uh, try to yeah. Yep, I got it. So got this, bro. he's been preparing for yeah. this oh, moment, <laughs> dude. I'm so hyped. You have been given Pharaoh plate with a woven undersuit. The plate has an attached cape using fibers of iron and gold Pharaoh that may be used to shield yourself against attacks of fire. My lady, if I may say so. You find yourself in the thick of combat often, and such extra protection may be needed. My iron weavers have made you a helm, one that befits a true warrior. So to describe this armor, uh, we see uh, this, uh, the helmet is held in the hands of a boy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but uh, how about um, she tries to describe what she sees? Yeah, 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 that works too, yeah. Charity? <laughs> um, it's cool as fuck. So it's this armor, but it's got these like bone things on the shoulders. Basically that, that relieved like... spine hunters that are on each yeah. shoulder. Yeah. And it's uh It's all black. It's Sorry. all black. Sorry. No, it's I don't I'm looking at it for the first time. It's incredible. Uh it's 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 very uh lizardy looking kind of, but in like a metal way. And I mean that metal in like AF. the metal like yeah. AF way, and then like it's also metal. Um, so uh, it's cool. It's cool as fuck. I wish I could wear it in real life. No. <laughs> so it's it's similar to like the metal looks like it's similar to how I don't know if you've ever seen what carbon fiber on a car looks like. Mm -hmm. So it, so it looks like that. It's mm -hmm. it's a solid surface, but it also is woven. So mm -hmm. you do see the fibers of the pharaoh inter intermingled here to make. What looks like plate, but is actually like woven plate. Um, the cape on the back is long and shimmers in the way that like a sequin would shimmer, where it's like one, it's it's like black, but if you move it in just the right way, you see gold reliefed underneath of it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the helm is of black steel make also. Uh, it ha it is uh, again same pharaoh fiber construction. It swoops in the shape of a V uh, with tall wings on either side of the ears. Uh, the mask lifts up or down and embossed on the front of the mask is uh, the features of a spine hunter. Cool. So you have now in your possession, and I'll give these to you after the sesh, but mm -hmm. for those keeping track at home, so you have plus one plate mail, which cool. is fucking rad. Um, you have a plus one helm, and you have uh, resistance to all fire damage. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lady Ornella, your axe was chipped and damaged. Frankly, the Yosta are ill-equipped to fashion truly beautiful weapons. We present to you what we have named Kara Kadane, named after the brave Tosric warrior 
who killed the spine hunter Barakir with only a knife and a campfire. He is represented in your weapon's ability to slip through even the toughest armor. A young girl holds this axe in two hands. Its handle is an ebony wood grain. The double-bladed axe head resembles a spine hunter's wings curved to, it, to the edges, with the center embossed like its body. At the top is the classic spine hunter spike. The, uh, the metal is jet black and reflects the light to a polished smooth surface. The, em the edges burn and royal as if they are liquid as if they are red hot metal. Uh, this is a plus two battle axe. It ignores two points of your opponent's armor and does an additional D8 fire damage with every attack. Fuck yeah. It looks like a sunshine, like a really killer sunshine. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sunburst guitar or something. <laughs> That's cool as fuck. I'm gonna cry. Harbeck Thunderfist. <laughs> All right, here, here, here. <laughs> Harbeck sees Hornella's gift and it's like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is sweet. And these gifts are from the... the Toast Rick. Yeah, Toast Rick the people. people we freed and could Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Harbeck, cleric Thunderfist, first warden of Balarat. We have taken your old breastplate and given it reinforced pharaoh lining. In between, in between each fiber of pharaoh, we have imbued the iron fibers with lightning taken from atop the north spine. The splint male's center is embossed with a tree whose leaves are lightning bolts and roots are clouds. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yo. Oh, it's so pretty. Oh. The, uh, so it's, you have plus one splint male. So it's, it's colored white with, it's vaguely cloud-like and it has these, um, I'll just post this. There'll be a link in the totally. SoundCloud description. I'll Gotta just post these out, on guys. Pinterest, and you guys can take a look at what the cool duds are that our folks are duds. going into, going to fight demons with. Um, so you have plus one splint mail. Uh, as a bonus action, your armor may arc lightning at any target yes. within 30 feet. Yes. Uh, difficulty check 15 dex save, or they take D8 lightning damage. Wow. Cool. Nice. You're like a conductor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Harbeck, your hand axe is no weapon worthy of a master of the sky arts. Living atop Katir, our people have an affinity for the quickness of lightning and the power of thunder. Thus, we present to you your new weapon, the Thunder Mace, oh. Azakin. Thusly forged using thunder and lightning from the Kalak, this weapon will be bound to you forever once you grip its haft. Same young girl who handed Ornella her weapon presents this morning star to you, but atop the morning star are no spikes. It is a perfectly spherical, rounded top. An innocuous enough weapon, but on closer inspection, you note that the faint blue arcing lightning dancing across the smooth black iron surface. Its haft is woven black pharaoh that reads Azakin in Yostat language. <clears throat> this is a plus one morning star. Any target, large or smaller, hit makes a constitution save or sent 15 feet away from the wielder and knocked prone. Can throw yeah. this using athletics. Command word as a bonus action to return it to your hand. No. You're basically Thor. No. Oh, Harbeck just starts to cry. <laughs> he like, he, he starts to reach out to grab the handle and he just like, he can't fully mm -hmm. get there. He's just like, it's so emotional. And then he, he takes the haft. And you, yeah, you feel like it bonds to you. Yeah. And you suddenly get this extra preternatural sense of this thing, almost like an extra limb. Mm -hmm. You feel it. 
All right. Yo. Yeah. Scalefather Orzak. Our people knew your name long before the events of late. We have no doubts that you were instrumental in the rescue of the Tostrik clan. Being a totem warrior whose armor is their speed, we needed to be creative when fashioning your gift. It is my honor to present to you the crown of scale, made from the fillings of those filings of those serpents rendered too damaged to be buried. The speaker gave us permission to bond their flesh, ink, and bone into this helm. The boy Whoa. holds a pillow that rests the crown of scale, a black steel replica of a serpent's skull. Uh, attached to the sides where the temples, where your temples are, are the replicated jawbones of the serpent. In the front hang long dagger-like teeth of the serpent. Uh, add 15 to your base speed. Whoa. May take the rogue's cunning action as a bonus action. Whoa. And basically looks like that. Whoa. Too rad. That is too rad. It's like Christmas, but I didn't have to buy anything. Yeah. I was just on Pinterest for a long time. <laughs> so literally wearing part of the history of my people. That's fucking rad. Holy shit. <laughs> as for your weapon, we needed something powerful so as not to break under your strength, but something light as to aid you in quick strikes and retreats. This. The boy hands a long pole with a cross guard at the end, but no blade. The first of its kind, a sword spear, named after the Tosric legend by the same name, Idaris. They say Idaris was the first of our people to leave the Cave of Making, a weaver of lightning and thunder so powerful that he only needed to carry a branch from a dead tree. In combat, the branch changed into a weapon so fierce that even the spine hunters would not prey upon him. The boy taps the pommel the pommel of the spear to the ground and a blade of light energy shoots out from the end of the spear that's easily as long as a great sword. The blade gradually materializes into black steel but smoke continues to pour out of the polished smooth metal blade. So this is a new weapon type. It's called a sword spear. Uh, does Its name is Idaris. Uh, D8 damage one-handed. D12 damage two-handed. It has reach it has 10 feet of reach, and it's a versatile weapon. Okay. Crits with this weapon cause the target to take D6 lightning damage and D6 fire damage. Whoa. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's cool, man. Holy crap. We present these gifts to you as a thank you for saving our people. We have a history between each other of animosity but let this be the first step in rectifying that our people gladly follow and we will win I stand up and I take that weapon and no show of flash or anything I just kind of tilt it upside down and stick it in the ground as it's like it's like burning into the ground and I I am Ozark scale father the, the blood wake those that mean to destroy our world will drown in the wave of our, our vengeance people just start screaming and, and cheering we are no longer separate tribes and separate families and separate peoples we are all one today 
and from this day forth. <sighs> People just start screaming. Harbeck is screaming too. He's got his his morning star above his head, lightning popping off it. Oh yeah, Ornella <laughs> jumping up and down in. It's cool. It's and cool. It's like just way, just confidence and happiness and all this stuff. And let's feast. And yeah, everyone's like the the feelings of joy and excitement, and and everyone just starts just like singing and laughing and eating and sharing. It's drinking uh, and and drinking, drinking, barabundi wine, barabundi wine. So from my seat, sorry, Paul, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do it. Sitting there, and the so we've got Viscount Fell with some of his probably his, his maybe his sorry his retinue his, every whatever he brought yeah you, know, you right? did We're you there. did ask to bring yep. so he brought a majority of his army I mean he has an enormous army right he has right. like I think close to three thousand or four thousand right. men so so I look over and I'm like I like rip actually thing I off. think what he does is he doesn't bring his. He brings his auxiliaries. So like he brings. Oh, that's great. He brings the. He would bring the people that would be the that would need this the most to see this the most. Right. Okay, that's really good. So I rip a, a flank off of some leg thing that I'm eating. <laughs> it's a big, right. It's like just a big iguana leg, basically. Right. 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 <laughs> oh my god. Uh, god, big old fingers. Viscount Fell. <laughs> Scale father. It is tradition. When we share a fire, we share the history and stories of our people. Our people would love to know your story. Uh, yes. Well, very well then. Good. And he's probably heard some dudes, like, throughout the meal, like, somebody would go, you know, and just share a story from the day. So he's kind of had a little bit of a hint of how this would work. Yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. So he sees that and, and looks around and notes that people are like kind of like they're they're attentive like they're they're watching him now and he he uh, rips off like some gnarly like big iguana leg and takes a <laughs> and takes a big bite out of it and says, uh, "My family come from the city of Jury, known as the Aquamarine Gem of Alal. It is a city of hardworking people." of folks that work in the mill, that work on our river, that boat builders. We, we have no place for nobles and aristocracy and, and bureaucrats and jury. We're, we're a hardy people. When I was a boy, my father took me on my first hunt. And he describes this hunt, this boar hunt, with his with his father, and how um, during from the gallery, <laughs> you see Harbeck, hear Harbeck burp, <laughs> just covered in grease and meat. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time there's a feast, you just get covered in yeah, grease and meat. Yeah, yep. Uh, so greasy, <laughs> wet fell, like, <laughs> like <laughs> oily beard felt. Looks like well exactly, exactly. weird clumping. Yeah. stuck in your beard. <laughs> and he's Ew. he's holding the leg with one hand and the morning star with the other. It's <laughs> like, like he keeps forgetting which is which. He and can't like... put the morning star down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he recounts the story of going hunting with his father, and they they were they were boar hunting, but they came across 
a uh, a small coven of goblins and were it not for his father's uh, heroic bravery and he actually ended up losing his leg and becoming lame uh, they both would have died um, and he he says that th this is why I fight and this is why I do this for my people because of what my father showed me of what it means to protect those who need it and there's just like a bunch of cheering and you see his auxiliaries like the men he brought that are just citizens they're farmers they're mm. they're cooks they're stonemasons they're not soldiers they're people that that can carry a spear that believe in what their viscount believes in and just the general mood is cheery and and celebratory and then we hear a scout from over the din scale father it's a rider Coming in, were we expecting anything? I yeah, um, were we? <laughs> well, you were expecting to give an answer to the oh, Golgoroth that from our dream. Gal, Gal, why did I make him so fucking hard to pronounce? Gargatuloth. 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 And I, my eyes kind of go <laughs> wide. And as this has happened, I go, I look at Harbeck, and I look at you. Ornella. Ornella. Um, and I... Putting food in my mouth. <laughs> what? <laughs> we all got like... And I, a passing young Wine boy tea. that's running by, I grab him, I go, I need you to keep my seat for me. Can you do that? Yes, girl father. Good boy. Okay. I step down and I walk over to these guys as they're just shoving food. A rider approaches from the dream... Someone is expecting an answer. Let's go give him one. Oh, man. Boner I City. I put my crown on. Yeah, I'll take my weapon. We all don armor and weapons. Just looking fucking cool. So... I used to run around like kind of in a loincloth thing. Mm -hmm. When I became Don't we scale, know it. Don't we know it. <laughs> so, hey, guys, I don't know if you noticed, but I used to run around in like a loincloth thing. What? Really? So, yes. we know. The scale father thing is like, it's still kind of like a, it's more like, think about like a wrap. Mm -hmm. uh, almost like if you could envision like a natural like um, kilt. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's like a little bit more to it, but it's still like that's what it is mm -hmm. right okay all right mm -hmm. anyway i just wanted to make sure this like could you change that damn thing that you've been wearing since prison? <laughs> you know right it's, it's just like, got right. racing stripes right exactly <laughs> but it's just goo 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 all right so anyway all right goo 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 and uh goo 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 there you go we're gonna go give an answer to the goo 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 the googles man that was a mistake to name him that the goo that's what his name is now it's not what i said it was it's that it's goo so me the giggle off. I start walking, and then I realize that really Ornella should be in front, and I stop, and I go, after you. I take a deep breath and step forward. You're just in this rat as fuck, like, black uh, plate mail. Got two, like, spine hunters on your shoulders, the heads. It's just cool. So. Yep. I yep. do want to say that I think the best fucking thing here is like it's like Christmas when you got a gift when you were younger you immediately put it on. Yeah. So like when they did it we're all like having these stories and like she's like over there like <laughs> buckling shit. Davery's like trying to you know it's like it's like I gotta oh, put on my new shoes, damn it. Like, yeah. Suck, yeah. It. Hold my yeah, right. Suck it in, woman. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> 
it's legit. It's not. I know. Okay. <laughs> hey, there's plenty of time for that after. So we get, we we cut over to. Ain't that the truth? Oh yeah, it's happening. The so you guys go to intercept the rider. Yeah. So you go to this the entrance of the canyon again. You cross this little creek that we've seen you know dozens dozens of times now, and you go to the entrance of this canyon, and you see ahead of you it's night, and so all we get the only light is really the light from the moon and the stars, and then the ambient light from the campfire that's silhouetted behind you that casts like you guys in black silhouette, and you see this this figure on horseback that's shrouded in darkness ahead of you. He opens his eyes and you see red, uh, red dots where his eyes should be. I just, I think we kind of stop and make him come to us. You know what? So he's like, "Fuck off, bro." Yeah. So he, the the horse slowly, and eventually, like his body comes into the light from the fire, and you recognize um, he's a human man. He's in a bloody teal guard uniform. His face is bulbous and swollen. Like, it's like there's something behind his head that's just stretching the skin past its limit. In fact, one of his eyes is, like, about to pop out of its socket. Uh, the teal on his uniform has been stained with with what almost looks like ink, purposefully to cover the teal color with, a, with black. I'm here to see an answer from... Ornella Sambridge. As soon as he says that, I do that move and and I just stand in there staring at him. I love this fucking Ornella is like flag girl style, like whipping that new uh, sword or sword uh, great axe around in her mm-hmm. hand. An answer from me. That's what you're here for. Gargatiloth wishes to know what you have decided. You can tell your master that Ornella Sambridge tells him to fuck off. His face recoils at that. (laughs) Very well. And he, like, takes the horse reins and turns the horse. And you can see this horse is just, like, semi-rotted. It's on the front of its arms. Like, there's bone that's exposed in it. Before you go. And it turns to look back at you. What a dog. It smells like up dog. What's up, dog? Fuck! Tell him that I will be his undoing turns his head back and just like continues the horse trot away disappearing and melting into the blackness of the night let's go party let's party yeah it's just more I just realized now that Thin Lizzy would be an excellent name for a Baraboondi Thin Lizardy is playing the cover of yeah that's very good thanks sorry I've been thinking about it and I want to we got really dressed up for not a lot of action no trying to look cool as fuck it's not for him (laughs) (laughs) you right this for me yeah Uh, I'm sleeping in this damn thing so we yeah we so the night carries on, and what what does everyone do? Drink, eat, just uh, you know, dance, 
Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment for the time being because hard work's ahead. Javery's getting lit. Harbeck has like got a group of people around him and he's telling some bullshit story about a time in the guild where he was a hero and everything <laughs> was great. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I have that kid sit on my lap. And like, you know, I'm just, I actually bring over a lot of kids and I'm telling them stories. I'm actually telling a lot of stories about really cool things that my brother did. Cool. Retelling Ortic's story. That's cool. Yep. I like that. The, uh, so the night carries on and we, we slowly fade to black on all of these little individual scenes of happening. And then stop me if this is moving too far, but I'd like it to fade to black and it says, one day later, meeting of the war council. No, it's perfect. Yep. There's really nothing else to do. No. Gathering. I mean, it's travel, so yeah. So I'll give this on to you guys. Where does this meeting take place then specifically? Maybe not specifically. You could just be general about it. We don't have to Well, be. Well, specifically, um, I think that we talked in... Um, would like to get Balarat into the council. So we go to the spot, um, northernmost point of the Southern Territories, and then we cross into the Queen's Garden after we've all collected at that point the rendezvous. Mm-hmm. And we walk through the Queen's Garden and the spots where Balarat and I walked through to the great tree where the fairy mother was. And mm-hmm. we sit outside this giant tree. It's absolutely massive. And with all the people, we still can't get all the way around it. Yep. And at that moment, um, I announced to the group, like, we're here. Viscount Fell looks around, and it, what is it, about midday, probably, yeah. I'd assume. Oh, where, where is this Balarat, then? Hold on, I'll, I'll ring the bell. So, Hold on, game, pause. We would have told the Sharabar folks there's a specific place at the edge of the where the desert becomes green, mm-hmm. and they would meet there. So I would have left two of those fast scout guys yep. to be able to get them back to us yep. because we've moved it in further. Good housekeeping because I'll I'll list out then who kind of is in attendance. Yep. So we have Viscount Fell um, <clears throat> as a part of the War Council. Uh, the, the, basically this whole army is here. Like this army is moving through the Queen's Garden now. Yep. Um, but in this meeting is uh, Viscount Fell, Captain Gissip, Captain Damon, and House Spellmancer Vorig Olivar. These are the guys that hang around the Viscount. Right, right. Uh, Totem Warrior Onamaka, Speaker Akish, Tos- the Tosric Knight Chief Gesik Mubarin, uh, and Davery. And uh, Aww, there are um, a single unit of Sharabar uh, archers, and they're. Um, I guess I don't. I don't have a name for them yet. We can figure that Whatever. out later. But yep. the the, the Sherabar do send. So they've got some sort of commander that's attending in mm-hmm. there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are. This is Viscount Fell talking? Precipice of war, with a monarchy that has not seen defeat in battle since the early days of the crown. The city of Alal has never once had its walls breached. Its garrison has never been tested in battle, however. My queen has, my viscountess has delivered information to me that the 6th Teal Guard Army have moved from the city fort of Mosh back to the capital to reinforce the garrison there. They number over 20,000 soldiers in total, all veterans of war. Add to that the ability of the enemy to produce demons from their own dead. We could wind up outnumbered three to one, possibly five to one. 
Speaker, Akish, believes that Toyd is conjuring up the Beguiler's forces inside the palace itself. If we are to stop this demonic invasion of our lands, we must stop him in the palace. Like I said before, the palace walls have never been breached. Hobie Treefell offers us modest amounts of catapults and ladders, but I fear they will number too few to make a noteworthy offensive on the walls themselves. We are here this afternoon to plan our attack. Let us all speak as equals, that no individual here is without value. Totem warrior Oanamaka, Scalefather, Orzok, what say you of the strategy? My people know little of siege weaponry and the likes of laying waste to a fortress for months in hopes to starve an enemy out. Wanamaka nods her head in agreement. What we understand is how to fight the steel men, as we call them. We understand tactics for fast maneuvering our totem warriors in and behind the line to disrupt the front line while our mounted scouts will attack on the flanks, shooting arrows into their any opportunity for attack that they can take. It's more or less skirmishing, as I believe you would call it. So we would require them to enter us in the field? Yes. But why then would they give up the safety of their walls to come meet us out? And then Oanamaka says... Well, if we had something that they wanted, or we had ranged weapons to bring them out to have to attack us here, they would have to leave the safety of the walls and come. And then you hear, His armies would come for me. Toyd knows and has seen that I am an instrument by which he is undone. If he knows I'm with you, he will divert his efforts to find me and kill me. This will give a small team the chance to get inside the city unobstructed. Viscount Felt looks. Uh, who are you? I am pleased to introduce my patron god. This is Balarot, Realm Walker. I am Balarot the Mighty. I was once a Realm Walker, guardian of the Eternal Ocean at the behest of the Ascended Ones. Now, I am the god of nature in your realm and personal friend... Of Harbeck Thunderfist. Fist bump. <laughs> okay, Balarat, this is Viscount Fell speaking again. So we get Toyd's armies out of the city. We engage them out in the royal plains. They will quickly overwhelm us. What, what, what do we do then? Ha! You've never fought with the Realm Walker before. I may be mortal now, but I still have a few tricks up my sleeve. Wanamaka says, Balarat, if our people are to risk their lives, we need to know what it is a realm walker can do. Very well. Harbeck? Harbeck raises his hand, and a lightning strike strikes through the, the forest canopy and appears the godkiller spear. This spear, a creation of your realm's locus of power, wood of the oldest tree in the world, the spearhead made of the pure wheel of nature's god. She gave her energy to the spear and her mind to the spine hunter. Now only the spear remains of her. This spear has the power to make Gargantloth vulnerable. We can kill him. This 
is the power of a realm walker manifesting your world. Also, I can do this. And then you see overhead, like a small object appear in the sky through the canopy of the trees. And it gets closer and closer and closer and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, eventually becoming the size of a small house. And a huge rock comes slamming into the earth like a hundred yards away from you. Um, he basically pulls a meteor down from space. Fuck. Any questions? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Speaker. The threat of the Lumen Scourge is real. I shed my mantle of Realmwalker in part because I learned the evil that my lords planted in the crust of your world. Know this. Whatever fate lays with the Lumen Scourge pales in comparison to the doom of not just your realm, but countless realms if Gargantuloth is given refuge on the shores here. Viscount fell like just just kind of looking in fact he doesn't he he's still looking at the huge crater and annihilated like hillscape that Balrog just brought a meteor down trees thrown just a huge open area where there was none (laughs) I step forward I will go into the city Viscount fell says very good your Takari, seeing what you did with the city walls of Katir, your your Takari would make short work of Alal's walls. Oanamaka says, wait, you can't. If something happens... Then someone else will do this job for me. But I'm going in. She, like, her eye twitches a little bit. You can see, like, her jawline becomes more prominent as she's gritting her teeth. Very well, Scalefather. She ducks back and and goes back to standing amongst everyone else. I step forward. I'm going into the city. Very good. Yes, you would... It would be wise to have someone familiar with the layouts of the palace and... Very good, yes. What does Davery think? I think at uh, Viscount Fell saying, uh, very good, Davery steps forward and says, and I will go, go, to, I will go. And he audibly swallows. And uh, the speaker says, Davery, uh, your talents would be best served here in the back line surely there will be many wounded in this battle and as much as it pains me to admit it you're very good at helping people and healing them arguably one of the best surgeons that I've and stitchers I've seen come through Davery looks at the speaker that's that doesn't matter they're gonna need me in there and I'm going with them. Viscount Fell looks around to see if anyone objects. Seeing no one object, he uh, says, well, I suppose. And then he looks at Harbeck, seeing the makeup of Cadre 11A. Harbeck, are you to join Orzak and Ornella in the assault on the palace then? I will be where Gargatiloth lies. 
I have wounded him once. I plan to do it again. Well, I, I, it's a, it's a plan then. I will consult with my captains and formulate a strategy for a formation. Awanamaka, <coughs> uh, uh, I suppose I would confer with you then in the use of your Takari, perhaps to flank the armies when they present themselves from the castle. She, uh, st- standing straight, not uh, eyes focused straight ahead, not really looking at anyone, says, very good, yes, I will help you in this. And as she says that, I kind of look over at her. She will be commanding the totem warriors in my stead. She doesn't say. She, she continues looking straight ahead. Yes, Scalefather. I know you will slay many. She doesn't she doesn't do like the head bob, yes, but you see just the slightest uh nod. Single nod, very subtle. Boop. Boop. She says boop. If you need to, I will be more than happy to share with you the tactics that I've trained my personal men with. And I don't know, Paul, if you're expecting us to try to take some red shirts in with us. You know what I mean? Some other dudes along with us on the strike or whatever. Okay. Um, but I'll, I will I kind of convey on him the tactics of what they would do. Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So, not necessary. Then uh, it is decided. We will... We will plan then for the attack and we will march on the capital... Wow. Tomorrow. Is this agreeable? What happens when it's over? <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> I think I think there's a, a few people that audibly chuckle like in an attempt to cut some of the tension of like uh we're probably all going to die. Yeah. <clears throat> what happens after Ornella? Um Let's just uh, let's just focus on tomorrow and then go from there. Either way, it's a new world. Look around this council. Gods and southern tribes and people of the kingdoms. This is the first time we've ever sat in council with each other. This is the first time we've all fought for our, each other and this may be the last. We all know each other's stories, and this story will be told again. It is a good day. Viscount Fell uh, takes his sword and uh, unsheathes it in a very, like, stereotypical, like, to arms, and um, holds the sword up high, and you hear his auxiliaries and his other knights, like, unsheathe their swords and go, to arms! And it just ripples effect. Everyone else is like, to arms, we march on Alal. And the scene, uh, the camera uh, pulls back to a wide shot. And it's it's this like, uh, you, you would have to use like a drone to do it, but this slow fade backwards and then a pan up through the tree canopies. And we can see in the distance the uh, teal uh, banner, uh, burned banners of the 
capital city within a day's march away. Fade to black. We did it, guys. We did it. We did it. Holy wow. moly. This is so cool. I've uh, I've only gotten to end game in a D&D campaign like in a D&D campaign, I think only once. So, this is pretty legit. And just want to tell all of my cast how wonderful you all have been playing this game, that you're all very amazing actors and actresses. And uh, this live show is going to be fucking primo. It yeah. is going to be so cool. I'm very excited. We literally get our own Return of the King movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> we're not I'm g- a little speechless, honestly. Yeah, it's pretty uh, sweet. It's a lot too. to take in. Yeah. Um, so we're not going to belabor the point. Um, does anyone have anything they want to shout out before, before we call it a night? No, let's make sure that we got this date right. When is it going down? <laughs> Good call. Uh, it is October twenty. 20- Jesus <laughs> Christ! It is. Why, why say something? Why say something? Oh my god! No one's gonna come because I'm going to tell everyone the wrong date. No, it is August twenty seventh. It is a Tuesday. It is at six p.m. It is at five one five Brewery. If you got tickets and supported us through the Indiegogo, um, those are coming to you in your email box. If you want to go to the show, I'm sorry. This just isn't the live show um, to have a huge audience. This is really for our Indiegogo backers that made this show possible. Right. We want this to be special for them because they really, uh, everyone everyone who has listened has given so much to this show and we're so appreciative. Um, but we're especially appreciative to those who are able to um, help make this thing literally happen because without them, there's no way this could have happened at all. So anyway, please tune into the live stream on your computers and uh, starting at 6 p.m. Uh, until 10, we're gonna we're gonna kill a demon. <laughs> it's gonna be fucking cool. I've never done anything like this before. I have no idea how it's gonna go, but I just know it's gonna be cool. We're gonna get rich or die trying. Fuck yeah. <laughs> grip and oh, we grip. are gripping. We are gripping. Right now, the grip is yeah. so, my butthole is so tense. <laughs> <laughs> we am so clenched. August 27th is the rip, man. Yeah, the release. The release. We gotta. We still. I mean, that's. Wow, we're less than, uh, we got two, a little over two weeks, about two weeks and three days. Right. Oh my God. So, anyway, to everyone listening, thank you so much yeah. for listening to thank us. You. Made this thank you. campaign really rad. Oh my God, yeah, our listeners, holy shit. Love you guys. It's really cool. We got to do this really weird thing that I didn't think anyone gave a shit about. No. And even if no one does... My we, cast does, we and I do, and that's enough. It's still real to me. It's still real to me. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We love you all very much, and we will see you on August 27th. Bye! Bye. Bye.